happy hump day, everybody. Uh, I'm here on another episode today talking about how disease affects relationships, your close relationships, uh, your close friendships, your intimate relationships, and just some helpful suggestions as you move uh, toward harmony with your body and with the people that are around you. I know I struggled a lot at the beginning because I uh, had a longtime girlfriend and we, I think we were engaged or we were close to, to being engaged and, you know, we had talked about getting married and kids and all of that stuff and this atomic bomb was dropped on our lives <laughs> and, uh, you know, she wanted to fight the rheumatologists uh, more, even more than I did, um, from them just like not being very helpful during diagnosis. Um, she was a very passionate advocate for me, uh, but she also wasn't exactly sure how to help me uh, because previously I'd had, I had been, you know, like a really strong person. I hadn't really needed much. Um, didn't really, you know, could just kind of lived without a care in the world for anything because I was 25. So, uh, it kind of sent everything, you know, like it just scattered our whole lives, uh, to where we had to learn, kind of re- <laughs> relearn what it looks like for me to be in a fully panicked state of, Like, when I tell you that I was freaking out, like, I was uh, going to my job, and my boss at the time was a really, really nice guy. Um, I was, like, one of two females that worked um, as an installer for AT&T, so I was up on ladders in all sorts of weather, freezing my buns off or sweating my buns off whichever one. I'm in Ohio, so we have all kinds of weather at all times. So I'd be in the rain. Uh, I be, would be carrying, you know, an 80-pound ladder around. I would be in someone's attic, uh, basements, all sorts of things. And previously, um, I had played sports, so I was used to, like, the physicality of things. Like, it, it didn't bother me. Um, but now with this, you know, diagnosis, I was going into my boss's office and I was just weeping um which for me was like very embarrassing because I had kept in you know all of my emotions Uh, I had dealt with like some stuff during my childhood and I had kind of I kind of held all that stuff in and dealt with it by like distracting myself and making people around me laugh and just kind of living my life through laughter which is a great thing um but when you when you have held onto things and then you have some something that kind of breaks the camel's back um all of that peripheral stuff that has been hanging out on the edges of your life kind of all just caves in on you and you're like oh great (laughs) like this is a shit show and I realize now that I have no idea how to cope with any of this. So I previously developed like 
some really, some, you know, healthy coping mechanisms and some really unhealthy coping mechanisms. Um, and then I hated crying because I felt weak and I felt crazy and like my emotions were everywhere, all over the table. And I was used to being kind of like a really steady, level-headed person. And this, I'm telling you, it was like a bomb, you know, was just like dropped in the center of my chest to just sort of um, mess all of what I had, like, an under, like all the understandings that I had about myself and about, like, what life was, it completely just, like, flipped all of that stuff upside down. So I basically had to relearn myself and relearn how to deal with everything because um, it was just so earth-shattering. So flashback into the aspects of like having a you know a partnership or close friends or um you know like a husband wife girlfriend boyfriend um imagine taking that same bomb and you know detonating it into your partner but they don't have they're not dealing with the same physical things that you're dealing with but they don't know how to help you either. So it's like, you're dealing with the actual thing um, and having all of these symptoms and shit that you are trying to work through. And they might not, you know, they don't have those symptoms, but they're trying to figure out, you know, this person that I met, they're complete, they're a completely different person. Like, <laughs> like we talked about it later in life and she's like you know I didn't know you know you started freaking out so and you don't normally freak out so that made me like really freak out and start thinking all these terrible things you know like about you being in a wheelchair and me taking care of you and it's like you know she has normal person thoughts where it's like you know I'm in a long-term relationship with this person and our future could look significantly different than, you know, what we originally thought. And that's like a really, really difficult thing to like swallow. Cause then it, you know, makes them feel selfish and for thinking things, but you know, in reality that is completely normal. Um, and you like want them to be there for you, but sometimes they don't know how to be there for you. Um, so the main takeaway of like all of this is heavy, heavy, heavy communication. Like however you communicate, if you communicate better through writing or, you know, voice recordings or face-to-face -face conversations, whatever it is, like at first you just have to do whatever you can do to effectively communicate with your partner about what you're feeling and you know, what it is that you need. And on top of that, when they're trying to help you and they maybe don't know exactly the right way to help you, or maybe there's no way that they can help you. Cause a lot of times, you know, I knew that there was nothing that she could do for me. Um, but just like pat me on the back and say like, we're going to, you know, I'm going to be by your side. You have to let them try to help and you have to show them that them helping you 
is, you know, doing something significant for you. Like, whether, you know, they can't control your pain levels or how you feel that day or how you wake up or, you know, whether you struggle to do different tasks throughout your day. Chances are, like, they're not going to be able to radically change, like, those feelings. But you have to also be able to, even though it's hard, set your pain aside, set what you're going through aside, and still have a partnership with them to say, I see you, you know, trying to help me, and I really appreciate that, and I appreciate you being here with me and understanding, like, trying to understand what I'm going through currently. And in the moment, like, that is so hard because you're just like, I, all my joints hurt, I'm in pain, F everybody, nobody understands me, this is never going to get better, because, like, a part of you is just, like, exhausted, and you're, uh, you know, laboring through waking up every day, feeling like crap, so you're just, like, fed up, and everybody gets some out of that, like, Wilson, everybody gets some, uh, get some you're looking at me wrong in traffic I'm gonna give you some I'm gonna give like you know some to my partner because oh they didn't you know they didn't say these things that I needed to help me or whatever it comes down to like you owning your behavior um and you owning how you're reacting to people and how you're reacting to your because how you react to your disease and how you react to, um, like, your diagnosis, and that's all a choice. Like, whether it's going to be a really unpopular opinion for me, but you can't be the victim. Because I played the victim for, like, a year or two, and that just dug me deeper into the hole of depression of, like, I'm alone, I'm isolated, nobody knows what I'm going through. I'm in so much pain, nobody can help me. And yeah, if you keep uh, thinking those things, your brain will keep looking for evidence to support what you're telling it. So it's like, oh, nobody um, nobody feels the way that I do. Okay, well, 200,000 people a year are diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis every single year. There's millions of people with rheumatoid arthritis. So technically, I'm nothing special. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, there are other people that are going through the same exact situation as you. And there are other people that are further along in their disease that have it like way worse than you do. So it's like, how are you evaluating yourself and how you're processing information throughout your day? And don't get me wrong, like... I still just struggle tremendously with this and trying to keep myself centered and balanced, like using like meditation primarily, um, some cold like therapy where it's like cold showers and stuff like that. But, um, you have to like reframe your thinking or your thinking will just put you in the grave. Like you'll, it, it will not get you anywhere. You'll self-sabotage and ruin everything in the name of something that you're going through. And the reality is that all of us have a, 
a hand of cards that we are dealt that we have to figure out how to, you know, play. Are you going to make the most of it? Are you going to say, I have, you know, rheumatoid arthritis and look at me like I'm a a leader and, uh, you know, a role model for people who are dealing with this, that they can overcome it and they can do the things that I do, like in the gym or at work or at home? Um, Or are you just letting, are you, you know, letting all these things happen to you and not happen for you and you are just letting everybody get some from, you know, how you're feeling about yourself. You know, it's really easy to stay in that like low level, low vibration thinking where you're just letting every, you're just letting everybody get some of your negative attitude. And it's like, I'm telling you right now, like that just makes you feel worse and worse and worse and worse. So it's like, do you want to keep feeling worse? because that is a one-way ticket on how to get there very rapidly or do you want to at least try something new that could potentially change your whole entire outlook on life um, and your whole strategy for how you approach and attack back at the thing that you are going through the thing that you have like this this could apply to anything you know like grief or an obstacle that you're trying to overcome or, you know, disease, sickness, conflict, really anything. But going back to the topic, like, especially like with your friendships, um, your relationships, people aren't, they might not completely understand like, Hey, if I eat like an asshole, like if I eat these brownies with you or this cake with you because it's your birthday or whatever and I go really hard or you know we have a girls night and I you know drink a bunch of drinks or trulies or whatever your poison is not only am I going to be hungover but like I'm going to feel absolutely terrible the next day so it's just communicating that like hey dude happy birthday. I love that it's your birthday. Birthdays are like my favorite thing. 100%. Like you can ask my wife, her birthday is like a national holiday. But if I, if I eat this with you, like you have to like communicate wisely, but then also make your decisions wisely. Like if it's something that's like once in a lifetime and you want to, um, indulge in that then like I was discussing before like you you know the consequences to that so it's like it's just communicating with everybody like hey you don't have to get it like I'm not expecting you to get it because trust me I don't want you to get it I want you to be able to live like your best life and I'm still living my best life but my best life just looks different than yours and like that's okay And for the people who can't handle that or the people that, you know, don't want to be your friend anymore because you can't go out and, you know, socially eat with them because we're from the Midwest and that's all there is to do in the Midwest is just like eat a bunch of food and drink beers. Um, If there's nothing else that you guys can talk about or do, 
and it's like you have to evaluate that person in your life and know that um, sometimes you know putting your health first is just super important it's like you know what what would you do and what would it take for you to feel better you know you have to weigh that that cost within yourself it's like if you don't want to take matters into your own hands and say you know this not doing this or doing this and dedicating you know myself to the routine of doing it is not worth it and I'm just you know I'm just going to deal with the pain or I'm going to take this medication that makes me sicker or um you know whatever it whatever it is like that's you have to make that conscious decision within yourself and you have to be okay with it. But I'm willing to bet if anybody's listening to this, that has dealt with, you know, pain of any sort, really, it's like, normally when you're in pain, you're like, Oh my God, I would do anything to not have this effing headache or this, whatever, this shoulder pain or, Oh my gosh, I messed my back up so bad that I would pay any amount of money, I would do anything to feel better. Most of the time, we all have goals and dreams unless we don't have health. And then our number one goal or dream is, is to be healthy, is to have our health back. So it's like you have to take care of yourself on the back end to try to give yourself a fighting chance when it comes to being diagnosed with something. And that's where it's going to optimize your, your health plan Um, like with your providers and stuff, if you're already taking care of yourself, you know, you might realize and find, hey, I don't need medication like I did. Like that was my journey was I was on all this shit. It made me way more sick. I ended up in the hospital with meningitis. It was the worst. (laughs) Like it was that pain was worse than the rheumatoid pain. Um, And, you know, I decided made the decision to go see a dietitian. And that completely changed my frame of thinking to, holy shit, like, I can take ownership for, you know, what I do in my life and how I act, what I eat, and how I exercise, and different things like that. So, it's like you have to take uh, responsibility and ownership for for your, your health plan. And also for, you know, everybody's life that you're touching moving forward, even though it's so tremendously hard, it's so difficult because, uh, like the worst feeling is like being in pain and you're trying to be nice to somebody. It's like, I have RBF because I like am so in so much pain that like I just want to go to bed but then when I go to bed um you know I'm dealing with like my hip like then I can't you know laying down doesn't relieve you of rheumatoid pain like I lay down and then I have hip pain it feels like you know someone is like squeezing or like sitting on my hips uh and then I'm uncomfortable I'm tossing I'm turning um it's just there's not a whole lot of relief that you can find um and that's why you kind of have to create that relief in that space in your mental health 
uh, because it ties right into your physical health that if you can give yourself some of that space uh, to meditate or find peace somewhere outside of your body, um, then, then you'll be able to better deal with the people that you interact with on a daily basis, your coworkers, your friendships, your partners, and it's going to make you be able to like communicate with them a lot better, uh, and a lot more tactfully and strategically. You're not going to be coming from that, like (laughs) angry, um, like just crazy place of feeling all of these different emotions at once especially when you're first diagnosed because those feelings you're going to be all over the place and that is normal like if anybody can tell you anything it's like whatever you're feeling when you know when that happens to you and you're sitting in that office and you're like holy shit like what is like what is my life what it has it become um you are going to feel so many different feelings and being able to sit with yourself in a journal or put your feelings down uh, and get them out in a healthier way is going to make you feel so much less crazy, like less of a crazy person. Um, And hopefully listening to this, you'll be like, okay, Amber felt like that too. I'm not you know, alone and feeling like this. You don't have to have everything figured out or take everything on the chin um, and just be like, oh, okay, cool. I have this condition that could potentially ruin my life. I'm good with it. <laughs> like, that's just not, it's not like a real thing. Like, diagnosis and grief, like, go hand in hand where there's like no, you know, you always hear like there's no one way to deal with death or grief or you know whatever and there's really no one way to deal with being told that you're you know the life that you're living um, either has an expiration date or that it's been completely altered from where you thought that it was going to be you know in your future so however you need to feel feel it express it in a healthy way um and then just make sure you're taking care of your own mental health in those moments uh, build up even if it's just like a baby practice of like five minute meditations or something like that I know people think meditation is just like woo woo like I can't sit down I can't uh, control my thoughts or whatever I'm telling you uh, the more that you practice it the easier that it gets and you, it's not something that you have to be perfect at it's something that you just have to practice Um, and in doing that practice, even if you're thinking of a million things still, you're at least taking that time out in like our crazy busy worlds where you're flooded with information and you're flooded with, um, you know, everybody wanting you to look at something or buy something or whatever. You're taking that moment for yourself to just kind of sit in silence with your eyes closed and it will at least instill a little bit of peace in there to say, okay. I can move forward and in certain moments I can be conscious enough to make decisions about what I'm, what I'm going to say to somebody or how I'm going to approach a situation versus just operating an autopilot because your autopilot, that's like a whole different topic, but your autopilot is built up of 
all of your <laughs> defense mechanisms and shit that you built when you were uh, younger. So all of, you know, we already know that all of those don't necessarily serve us. So if you don't want to operate from that place when things get stressful or when times get, times get tough, then you have to practice, you know, showing your nervous system other options and retraining it um, and meditation is like a great way to kind of like retrain your brain your nervous system it's all connected everything is connected absolutely everything your brain function your gut your nervous system uh, your joints how they operate with your muscles all of all of your whole entire being is connected um, and it's really like the most amazing thing to understand but also scary because it's like oh shit if I eat the cinnamon roll I'm gonna feel like crap and it's because everything is you know connected inside my body if I'm not giving it what it needs to function properly or whatever then you know I get the result of that and I think that a lot of times we start feeling that you know after 25 just in general where it's like man I can't I was just talking to someone the other day. They're like, I can't eat like I <laughs> used to when I was, you know, younger and they were 28. And it's like, yeah, I fully understand that. And you, I think it's just something as, you know, we get older, things inevitably change just like every, everybody talks about. But that doesn't mean that we have to let our bodies I think everybody thinks it's inevitable, so they just let go of the fact that they can control things. You might not be able to control, like, um, completely control, like, your hormones and aging, but you can definitely, definitely um, alter the trajectory of how different things express themselves. And I fully plan on being very active and lifting and doing all the things I'm doing, even with my uh, condition or how I feel, you know, when I'm 60 or 70, 80, you know, that's my full plan. Um, and so I think it just people forget about the fact that they can, they're in control of absolutely every aspect of their life. Um, but our autopilot kind of makes it seem like we are not, but, um, so the key to relationships and disease is really effective communication. It's setting aside, setting aside time for yourself to, um, you know, get your mind right so that you can have those effective communicate, you know, effective moments of communication and, you always want to be communicating more so in a time when you feel good and not like in a time when conflict has, ar has arisen. That's arisen, arised. <laughs> um, because once you wait that long, uh, your autopilot and reaction time being in that conflict is going to just take control and then the communication is not going to be effective either. So, um, don't wait, meditate, just came up with that on the spot, drink your damn water, you got this, you're strong, let's F-S up.
I know there are kids that listen to this, so I'm trying to censor myself, but let's mess stuff up. Full send it.